Welcome to the world's premier Black Crows podcast. State of America. Hosted by two of the band's most dedicated fans, David Hudson and Ian Rice. All right, everybody, welcome back to another bonus episode of the State of America podcast. Uh, we told you we we're going to get more of these out to you as the country is on lockdown, it seems, and, and people are bored and they've got time to listen to podcasts. So, uh, Ian, how are you doing? I'm great, David. How are you? I am well. So this week, uh, we got a cool guest with us. Uh, one of the cool things about this podcast is all the people like on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and stuff we meet and get to know. And one of the first people that I kind of got to know on Twitter uh, when we started all this was uh, Kate, and um, she uh, she's a big supporter of the podcast, and and she always uh, you know helps us out on Twitter, and I try to help her out with some shows and stuff like that, and just kind of gotten to know her a little bit over the last couple of months, and so when Ian and I were spitballing what we were going to do for these bonus episodes, I thought some of the fun ones would be we'll get some people from Twitter or Facebook that follow us, just have them on, and we'll just kind of kind of talk with them and, and see where it goes, and so uh, I'm really excited about this. So it's a great honor to welcome the state of America, Kate Thompson. Thank you, guys. I'm very, very happy to be here. I'm nervous, but I'm happy. We're always nervous, too. We just don't show it. You know? <laughs> well, I, I also bombard you not only on Twitter, but also on Facebook. So I get you from all angles. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We enjoy it. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool how uh, I've gotten to know, because I do all of our Twitter stuff, and, and Ian does mm-hmm. the bulk of our Facebook stuff, and just got this group of like 40 or 50 people that I'm always like conversing with on Twitter, whether it be DM or just, you know, sending tweets back and forth and uh, trying to kind of like cultivate a community and, and, and share everything that we've got and, and other people share stuff with me. So, and you were one of the first ones that we kind of got to know uh, on Twitter. Yes. Yes. It's been a lot of fun and the stuff you send me is amazing and I share it with other uh, Crows fans. Well, that's what we, uh, that's what we like to hear. Uh, between yes. me and Ian, I think we can come close to having most of everything. Don't you think Ian? Oh yeah. You know what the thing is? It, it, it reminds me of, of years ago when, uh, you know, you would trade by mail discs or tapes or what have you, you know, somebody would have something and they would just hold on to it and they wouldn't send it out. So anything I get that's cool now, I just send to everybody I can, I can think of, unless somebody asked me not to, but you know, otherwise right. it's uh, it's fair game. You guys do share a lot, and it's it's greatly appreciated. Oh, yeah, we do, and a big thank you to the people that send us stuff. Usually if, if somebody sends us stuff and they say it's okay to share it, uh, I usually wind up sharing it on, on Twitter and, and trying to get that out there, everybody, because, I mean, it doesn't seem like they're gonna the band's going to do anything with it, so we might as well uh, listen to it and enjoy it. And the quality of the recordings, I feel like, that, that I'm getting are just a lot better than the ones I used to get back in the late 90s and early alts. They are good quality, and I listen to them quite frequently, <laughs> daily. <laughs> I, I got to ask you this because you've uh, you've been tweeting about it or, the last day or so, or commenting on it. What did you think about mm-hmm. the uh, NPR Tiny Desk songs that Chris and Rich did the other day? I I know I'm biased, but I thought it was phenomenal. I thought Chris's voice sounded better than I've ever heard it. It sounded clear. It was it was his rendition of "She Talks to Angels." was like it was the first time I ever heard it. it. It like grabbed my soul. And I've been listening to it over and over again because it was like hearing it for the first time again. Just the way he draws the lyrics out and brings you in. It was amazing. And Rich just, 
just the whole thing was magic. I thought it was amazing.
Yeah, it's true sometimes when you hear an artist. I mean, that was a, obviously kind of a live performance, but sometimes people re-record stuff. And you say, well, why, you know, why are they doing that? But uh, I remember uh, when uh, Crowology came out and I heard She Talks to Angels on that. That yes. was like a, a, a rebirth of that song for me. It, it made it listenable to me again because I've heard it so many times. Right. So I, I know exactly what you mean. I've yes, never it's... listened to the studio version anymore. If I listen to it, Mm-mm. it's the uh, Crowology version or uh, a live version, or they that uh, that bonus acoustic one they put out on one of the reissues. I'll listen to it, but I, I agree with you. I don't know if I've, from a technical aspect, if his voice has ever sounded better than it did on that. It's it sounded like so clear, and like he, you could almost feel him feeling it again. Do you know what I mean? Which mm-hmm. was which was my fear that they were doing this. You know, the, they're doing it for money and the whole thing, but it watching Rich smile at him and just the whole vibe of it it, it just it, it made it magical it was great it was amazing and wiser time oh my god that was the shocker for me how well wiser time sounded with one guitar that's that was my take on it too and just it, it was it was amazing and whoever was in that room to hear that was very lucky because that was amazing i almost wish that um Instead of doing a full-blown tour right away, they had gone out solely as the two of them just for a, a more extended period because that, that seems to be a little more intimate and a little bit more towards what they say they're trying to accomplish, which is establishing – or uh, rather reestablishing their relationship. Right. The Brothers of a Feather. Yeah. Like that Roxy, when they did Live at the Roxy, that was like another bit of gas to it. It was so good. It was so good. Are you a uh, vinyl person, Kate? 
I was a vinyl person. I lost all my vinyl. Um, my mother passed away when I was fairly young, and it all got lost. And most of my ticket stubs got uh, lost, which were things I collected. Man, yeah. That's a shame. Well, I got into vinyl a couple of years ago, and it's about to break me. <laughs> so it's, it's so expensive now. And, uh, I've Hand got a, sanitizer or records? What do I you know. buy? <laughs> I'm going with I'm going with the records. Yeah, I would too. I, that Brothers of a Feather, the one you mentioned, the live at the Roxy, they just that just got a vinyl reissue, and it it sounds even that. sounds even better uh, than really? when it first came out. Yeah, it's it's really nice. Huh. Well, what did Maybe you I'll think of the uh, what did you think of the recent Brother of a Feather shows? I thought they were good. I thought they were very good. Again, some of some most of it was coming out through people's cameras, so it was they were either too close to Rich or too close to Chris, so the sound was a little off. But I thought it looked good. I thought it felt good. I wish they were sitting because of Live at the Roxy, that feeling and that vibe, and then having the two singers behind them. I really liked that a lot. But I was pleasantly happy with watching them, watching what they were releasing. Yeah. So, do you have tickets for the upcoming tour? Oh, that's I right. Sure you do. do. You've got a meet and greet, right? That poor little skinny guy is going to get a load of me. <laughs> I might not even make it to the show. <laughs> yeah. I hope this, if this, I'll stay home. I will not go shopping. I will do all the things that the federal government wants me to do. But if they screw up me meeting Chris, I'm going to have a big problem. <laughs> have you, uh, have you ever met them? Have you ever met them before? No, I haven't. I found them in 1990. I, I am a big Aerosmith fan. That is where it all kind of began for me. I grew up in a house full of music. My mother was a big Joe Cocker fan. Janice, um, Grace Slick. So I kind of went out on my own because it was always that growly Van Morrison playing in the house. And when I found Aerosmith, it was mine. Kids my age, because it was I was very young when I found Aerosmith, you know, weren't listening to it. They were listening to David Cassidy. <laughs> and I'm like back in the saddle, sick as a dog. And they're like, what is that? Like, this is everything. And I saw, I've seen Aerosmith almost 25 times in concert. In 1990, they were touring the Pump Tour, and I got tickets. Um, my family friend was David Krebs, who was their like tour manager. So we, they'd always get me tickets. And I never usually saw the opening act. And it was at Great Woods. And I was standing there with my sister, and all of a sudden this skinny guy in a white flouncy woman shirt <laughs> comes out and starts with thick and thin and I was like who is that and they're like oh that's the black crows you know jealous again I'm like oh come on really and I stood there I didn't move I just I didn't move it it was like watching in my in my opinion watching Steven Tyler for the first time you know like the people that could see him in the 70s that were like Oh my God, that's what it was like watching Chris. It was, it was everything. And it changed me. You know, Aerosmith to me is like my parents. Like they taught me wrong, right from wrong. You know, don't listen to this, listen to this, because <laughs> this is, this is what you like, you know? And then finding the Black Crows was like finding the love of your life. You know, it, it was everything. It was everything. It changed me. So you, you were, I mean, you were there just basically from Jump Street with them. I was, I was. And then um, a year after I saw them, I had my first daughter. So I didn't see them again. I'd follow them. I'd buy their, you know, albums and all of that. 
but no, I didn't see them again until uh, I saw CRB. I am a Chris fan. So when you saw um, saw them the first time with Aerosmith, did they play anything that wasn't on Moneymaker? Yeah, they played um, You're Wrong, and ah. I loved You're Wrong. I still love You're Wrong, which you know turned into a wholly, totally different song. Right. I watch it on YouTube from 91 from the London show, and I still think it's one of the best. I love that song.
song had some really cool uh, lyrics to it uh, oh, yeah. that I, I liked i mean not that i don't appreciate what it became but uh that right that i wish i wish there was some more concrete version of that some kind of b-side or something he growls his way through it and he just he belts it out and it's amazing and he did that, that night that night too he did what was the reception of them from the crowd huge huge a lot of people i think knew who who they were i didn't so it was, it was, again, like everything. Because after Pump, Aerosmith kind of didn't do what, they, what I loved right. about them. So I had the Black Crows. You know, they, they were younger. Well, that is almost a perfect pairing. If you were trying to expose the Crows to people, I don't know if you could have picked a better band to do that with other than Aerosmith. Right. I agree with that because there is a lot of, and I, and I hate to make the comparison, there is a lot of Stephen in Chris. That growl, that charisma that that Chris had and still has, his ability to play the harmonica, his moves, just the whole way he can draw you in if you are that type of fan. I, I love Chris. I'm a big Chris fan. And that was a good tour for Aerosmith. <laughs> that was a good tour for Aerosmith because, I mean, in my opinion, uh, Pump was their last real solid album. Uh, for me, and not that, and I've seen them live since, and in, in concert, they're great. But uh, yep. you know, the albums after that were kind of hit or miss for me. Right, right. I totally agree. I, I always say, you know, before a Pump, I can listen to it all day. Get your wings, rocks. Those are solid, good foundational albums for bands like the Black Crows. You know, that's that's where I think it all that American rock comes from. Everything after that. Mm, it's, Touch and go. I've always found it interesting that how they sounded on Shake Your Money Maker. If you go back and listen to some of those early Mr. Crow's Garden recordings, because they were they weren't listening to Aerosmith and Led Zeppelin. They were listening to the Stooges no. and REM and Velvet mm-hmm. Underground. And it's almost like a you know a switch went off, and and they went from that to basically sounding at that that first album. I'll give them that. They sounded like a '70s band on that first album. I think they yes. completely blew that out of the water later. But yeah, I, I just can't think of a, a more perfect pairing. 
did they open for them on all of that tour, or was it just like a, a few shows? When I when I listened to Steve's book, I listened to it on audio. Um, I believe what he said was it was shortly after Boston is when the blow up happened, and they came off the tour, and Aerosmith kicked them out because they were drinking and partying. If I remember correctly, that's what it said in the book. That had to be a big letdown for the band. Like, you know, Aerosmith has this notorious reputation of, you know, up there with with anybody as far as the drugs and the party. And then they're like, oh, we're going to go out with Aerosmith. It's going to be a big party. And it's like, nope, it's, you know, nope. Stone Cold's over. They had AA sponsors and everybody. And they were trying from what I believe I remember from the book was that they were like, no, you can't drink that here. You have to go in your trailer. I mean, prior to that, could you imagine what the Crows and Aerosmith? They'd all be dead. (laughs) They would would have all been dead. Thankfully, Chris survived and Steven survived because, you know, they were were huge voices. Do you think we're ever going to get new music from Aerosmith again? I hope not. (laughs) And I am a big Steven Tyler fan, but I hope not. I I hope they start to bow out gracefully and, you know, maybe one more stint in Vegas so I can go. But uh, that would be it. Yeah, the last year or two, I mean, I hate to say this, but they have really started to show their age. Yes. I went to a, um, uh, that experience Hendrix tour came through here and Brad Whitford was on it. And, uh, yeah. I mean, he was really, you know, you realize, you know, these guys aren't, they aren't spring chickens anymore. <laughs> no. And that's the thing is that their music became very watered down, very commercialized. And while that's good for some listeners, for me, I just, I just, no, I'm not a fan. You know, live bootleg. If you have you ever listened to live bootleg from Aerosmith? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, like I ain't got you, the remake, and Mother Popcorn. That that voice is just great. That is a true live album. There's no overdubs. There, you know, I believe in one part you can hear people setting off firecrackers in the yes. um, in the crowd and yeah that's a true I think that was at the Texas Jam right isn't that where you, it was you, recorded You may be right yeah and it's yeah, got it's, um, it's a cool album It's got Chip Away the Stone on it which I love so yes. uh, yeah that's one of the all-time great live albums if you if you're it really is. into it, really into that kind of stuff which I am I love live albums I like live albums honestly probably better than studio stuff and you know, that's one that you got to have in your collection if you're going to if you're going to throw that and out I there did. That, you, that you like those Ian do, are you familiar with it Live Bootleg is my probably my favorite Aerosmith album. You know that and uh, Rocks. You know are kind of neck yeah. and neck. But I've always loved uh, a friend of mine years ago had Live Bootleg and, and gave it to me. And uh, did I've, he? Yeah I've, yeah, I've loved it ever since. You know. When you open it up, does it have the pictures inside of it? Like yes, is it, that is gold because that's what I had, and it was it got tossed. Apparently, I left all ah. my albums when when I moved out of my parents' house, and my father didn't realize. That he threw them all out. Oh, but that's man. okay. It happens. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. That's like but, my par- uh, my parents threw away some of my original Star Wars toys. You know. Oh, those are- those those any parent would know not to throw those away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned uh, you mentioned you're a Chris guy. So um, did you did you go see the CRB a lot when they were playing or? I saw CRB twice, and I honestly wasn't really into the music. I mean, I like. Rosalie. I mean, there's some that I like, but it's not like the Black Crows. That right. is constantly every playlist I have has at least a dozen Black Crow songs right. on it. Right. Um, but I do. I mean, I like Chauffeur's Daughter right now. I don't know why, but I do. I do like it. It's so. But I like it. You know, yeah. other. I mean, you know, it's terrible what happened with Neil. Yes. I, I think one of the, from a musical standpoint, 
that last album, Servants of the Sun, was a dramatic departure for them. And kind of headed them in more of, I think, of an accessible direction, which, you know, that mm-hmm. that's a shame uh, because um, that's a solid album. I think it's their best album since the first one. I, I really I really like Surface of the Sun, too. Um, again, if I'm going to listen to that or am I going to listen to you ready yeah. before the frost? It's before the frost. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you with not liking before the frost. It oh, which a one? Great album. I love, I love. Before I the know Frost. you do. <laughs> well, we, we we are actually uh, prepping for a Before the Frost episode, and oh. I've I've started listening to it, and I'm I think you may be pleased with some of the stuff I'm going to say. Oh, good. Uh, I hope so. When we do that, I'm going to be honest with you, and this is going to make me sound terrible, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think okay. over the years, sometimes I got sucked into that message board vortex. And you had, yeah. w- when you had so many people saying they hated certain albums, that that biased me a little bit. Um, yeah. Because I pulled out War Paint the other day for the first time in forever. And I was like, you know, it's not as bad as I thought it was. No. And then, like, like right now, on uh, Before the Frost, I think I'm on song number six, going through it and taking notes. I'm like, yeah, there hasn't been a bad song yet. So, See? so it may, I think you're going to be pleasantly, uh, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised with that. I hope so because it might end up in a brawl. Otherwise, <laughs> did you? I'll, you know, I go to Tennessee. I'll take care of it. Did you? Did you, by, did you by chance go to the those shows at Levon Helms? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I saw them, like I said, in ninety. I saw CRB a few times. I think in fifteen and seventeen. Then I saw As the Crows Flies in Portchester, New York, twice. Oh, that was opening and, night, the first one, right? Yes, and uh, that's when I found my new love, Marcus. <laughs> he, you see, that's like, it's, it's the progression, Stephen, in, in my world, Stephen to Chris, and then Marcus, he's a baby and that voice on him. And again, not what he looks like, just that voice. He is just, oh, he is amazing. Goodbye, Carolina. Well, as, literally make you happy and cry at the same time. As we um, record this one, Dean Delray released an hour long interview with him. That I'll, really? uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to put it out on Twitter and, uh, oh, you please can do. It. it is, it's unreal. It's, he's so beyond his years. I mean, it's like yes. he's been playing in clubs for 40 or 50 years. Of course, I, I think his grandfather and his father were both musicians Yes, and he's I raised around it, but he has such a respect for the people that came before him. But then you listen to him and you listen to like, you know, he was talking about, he's a big Tame Impala fan. He likes listening to them. So he listens really? to a lot of, uh, a lot of modern stuff, but I really think he's the, as far as like the kind of music that most of us like, I think he's the future. Oh, I think he is too. And it's, and it's a shame because people like my husband who still listens to terrestrial radio is like, Ugh. I know, I know. <laughs> um, I'm like, you got to listen to Marcus. It, he is, you know, 8 a.m. Come on. And El Dorado, El Dorado is, is so good. It's just so good. Beautiful stranger. I mean, where do you, where do you write that from? You know, at 24 years old. It's 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 he's gorgeous. It's just yeah. I think it's the future too. Have you seen him? Yes, I saw him with the As the Crows Flies. Okay, yes, right. Yeah, I and saw him. I, he walked out, and I was like, "Who's that?" Like when I saw Chris, I'm like, "Who's that?" Yeah, he played here. He's played here every year for like the last four years, and every time it's more and more people. And like the last time, it sold out in no time. And he'll play. He'll play like a two two and a half hour show. And really? uh, yeah, he's so good and. To watch him play, he was talking about on that interview, 
He said, I used to try to come out and impress everybody and just shred. And now I've learned yeah. I don't have to do that. And I can make the song mm-hmm. matter instead of like showing people what I can play. And so he also broke the news on there that they've recorded a live album that's coming out. Oh, and that's cool. He just recorded a song for the Neil Casal tribute. See, now that's 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 going to be amazing. See, he I think he is what the future is of uh, of that music genre. He really is just phenomenal. And somebody labeled him on Facebook country. I'm like, what? He, he can, I mean, he's got a song or two. I understand why it, people yeah. like, you know, Goodbye Carolina, why they would think it's country because he played the Grand Old Opry. But no, he's everything. He's not. He don't put him in a box because he's just so good. He's he's Chris good. Yeah, I mean my my experience with him is I I can I recognize his talent. I know he's gonna he's destined for big things. I just don't think I've locked into the right material. Like I haven't heard the right stuff, and I don't know where to jump in. So Sweet Mariona is so good. Well, my favorite maybe my favorite song of the last ten years by anybody is Goodbye Carolina. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, but Sweet Mariona, have you heard? That yeah, yet? oh yeah, I, I'm, oh, I mean, I I've worn that album so out. That's my album of the year so far. It's so good. And he's just, I think he's very humble the way he comes across. And I, I, I like him a lot. When I went to see As the Crow Flies in New Orleans, I don't know if you've ever been in New Orleans or not, but down where they were like in the French Quarter and everything, it's, it's really tight and it's, you know, it's a lot of people. And so they had us line up outside the theater before uh, we could go in to meet Chris. Look up and there's just Marcus and his girlfriend walking down the street. They coming back from eating and like nobody really. I think I was one of the few people that recognized him, and I just said, hey, Marcus, and he said, hey. And that was before I really got into his music, and I'm kicking myself now, you know, for not getting that uh, that picture that with autograph. him. But his 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 style, I mean, like you said, he can play country if he wanted to. He can play yep. He can play like that Stax, Muscle Shoals, uh, soul music. I mean, I think yes. that's where his heart really is, if, if, if being honest. And he's got that, that, that thing. Like I was saying, like Steven, in my opinion, and Chris, he's got that. He makes you feel it. He pulls you in if you're if you're willing to receive it. It's good. It's he's so good. Have you so seen good. his version of my morning song that he's been playing lately? Yes, I did see that. And it is so good. All right. So I gotta ask you this so so you can what? break Ian's heart here. You said you're mm. a Chris guy. Do you not like any of Rich's solo material? Ian's going to block me on Facebook. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's I'm no, I couldn't. I, I couldn't. I'm sorry. I didn't know. I'm not. No, I'm trying to think of something that I might know. I don't. I'm sorry. No, you know, to be perfectly honest, a lot of, you know, Rich's material, I think it's, it's geared to not geared to, but it's, it's the type of material that you're either really going to like or you're not going to like at all. Right, it's it's right. kind of like no gray area with his stuff. So I, I get it. I get why people yeah. don't like it. And also there was a lot of at, at the time, at least in the beginning, the first uh, split, you had people that went with Chris and followed his right. thing and people that went with Rich and followed his thing. And I always kind of tried to dabble in both. And I, uh, over time, I just gravitated more towards the Rich stuff a bit because, uh, I don't know, it just it spoke to me in a different way. Well, no, Rich, I think, is – so talented. I, I do. I think he, I, I don't think Chris would be who he is without Rich. And, but no, his, no, I, no magpie salute here. <laughs> no. no, I, but I would never think unkindly of you. So don't worry. Thank See, you. I think, don't block I, me on Facebook. I think I'm one of the few people that enjoyed both of them. You um, did? Yeah. I, I always got, every, I, you know, 
for years I didn't really listen to CRB, but I always bought their albums when they came out just mm. to be supportive of Chris. And then right. one day, I think it was the song High is Not the Top. I heard that. And yep. I went back and really got into um, the CRB. <laughs> and I had Rich's stuff all along. And I'm kind of agree with Ian. Like, there's, there's probably half of Rich's solo output I really, really like. And the other mm-hmm. half doesn't really do that that much to me. But I think they're a great example of they're better together. There's yes, something I about Rich's playing with Chris's voice. And there's something about Rich's playing with Mark's playing that they, they can't yes. replicate, you know. All right, Kate, so let's put you on the spot. Let's ask you this. What are your Go thoughts ahead. on the non-Mark Ford guitar players that have been in the band? I think it's unfortunate. <laughs> I think it's unfortunate, but I think one of you said it. I'd go watch them sing the alphabet as long as I got to see them sing the alphabet. Yeah. I, you know, I, I feel it's awful that Steve Gorman's not going to be there because, you know, kept my soul. Will it sound the same without that drum coming in? I don't think so. But again, Chris is there. Rich is there. And I, I pray it's for the right reasons. I, I kind of have a hot take on that. I think Fine. when we go see this, the person that is going to be missed the most is not going to be Mark Ford or Sven Pippian, which they're going to be missed. There is something yes. about Steve's playing that fits with them. And like if you go and listen to those As the Crow Flies shows, Tony Leone, obviously a very talented drummer. Yes, I agree. It, it's, it's a big difference. And I think you that's know, going to be missing. What I always thought when I heard CRB and even Magpie Salute and even Trigger Hippie, I think the three of them just learned how to sing with Steve's drum. And Steve's drum learned how to play with Rich's guitar. And the three of them together became a whole unit. Whether it was dysfunctional or not, the three of them belonged together. Their harmony, their everything belongs together. And without Steve there, I worry that it's not going to be the same. Acoustically, I think they're, they're, they're amazing. But if you put them on a stage... That does worry me. Again, they can sing the alphabet to me and I'm good. Hopefully I'll make it to the concert and not get arrested backstage after I meet them. That is the concern, but we'll see what happens. It will be videotaped. You see, and the interesting thing about the new band they've put together is it's full of really talented guys. It's not yes. just a bunch of – people refer to them. I've seen it on message boards. Well, maybe not message boards, but uh, Facebook and that kind of thing. You know, there are a bunch of nobodies or, or this or that. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, one of those guys is right out of the uh, the Tedeschi Trucks band, the bass player. Yeah, Tim. I did see that. And and the other band, I, I the name escapes me, but the, the, the other guys come from, I, I checked them out. Uh, some real good material. I mean, it, you know, it might have the potential to be something really well, the, exciting. The, 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 the guitar player, Ian Marshall, is in a band called Earthless, which is like, yes. like uh, they're mainly instrumental. Like I think they're on like Nuclear Blast records. I mean, they're pretty hard and heavy. And then the um, the other guys are from the Once and Future band, which when I saw as the Crow Flies, that's who opened up. I'm, I'm open. Yes. I'm open. I'm not going to make a, a judgment until I go see them. But I don't right. think you can replicate Steve's drumming no. and what it brought to that I, band. I, I think it's the three of them together. And it's so unfortunate. I think it's unfortunate that Mona's not going to be there. I think the whole, the, the original core of them, it's awful that Sven's not going to be there and all that. But I think Steve did belong there but i understand at this point at this point it is what it is i'm getting to see the crows again whatever whatever it looks like i get to see it and i get to see chris without a beard but that's okay all right did you get the uh which meet and greet package did you get the one where you get to stand on the side of the stage and dance no i am actually 
I think I'm like row D. I'm right there. I'm right. I'm right there. So if I make it through the meet and greet without being arrested, I will be like four rows back. I didn't get the no. See, it was like it was like two thousand dollars for two tickets. Oh, for, I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, I actually considered really I actually considered getting it, but then I'm like. I am the worst dancer on the face of the earth. And like, what am I going to do? Just stand on the side of the stage and hold my beer and look at them. Like they're going to expect somebody to cotton. move. And I'm, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, like, I'm afraid, like if I started dancing, like the band would get thrown off and they would like, and they'd look over at you and be like, what's yeah. that, what's that guy doing over yeah. there? What's wrong with him? You know, I think I'm, I'm on the second row dead center. Um, I, I think, I think they're going to be really cool when you meet them. I mean, I, I hope so. Like I said, when when I met him at a meet and greet, he he spent more time with me than he did anybody else there. He was very very cool to me, uh, and uh, it was a very cool experience. And I I think they're gonna love you. So my question to you was: Were you crying, saying I I love you? No, Can actually, you actually, I, I really, that's probably what I will be doing. Actually, I really didn't. Uh, the way they ha- they had us lined up, it was probably twenty five of us, and I was probably like somewhere in the middle. And you walked up to him, and he said hey to you, shook your hand. And um, they would take your picture. Well, this was right after Record Store Day had come out. And I had gotten mm-hmm. that really hard-to-find CRB uh, live album. And it was really cool packaging. I think I've talked about it on here. But I said, I just said, hey, man, I got that Record Store, you know, th- pa- the package is cool. He goes, oh, you're one of the few. And I said, yeah. And he started going into, like, all the details of the packaging. And he designed. And he was, like, really getting into it. And the, and the right. photographer was like, come on, come on, come on, come on. We got to go. We got to take the picture. And he sat there and talked to me, and I just told him at the end, "You've made the good times better and the bad times not so bad." And he like kind of like almost like chest bumped me, and was like, "You know, that's what I'm talking about." And and I just walked away, and I was like, "That was cool." Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, cool. you had, had this moment, and I met Mark on the street at a Magpie uh, show. It was like hours beforehand. And I it was in New Orleans. I'd gone to eat, and he was coming out to the bus, and it happened so quick. I didn't have a chance to do anything. I just said, "Hey, Mark," and he said, "Hey." Uh, so that's, uh, but I, I've got the meet and greet as well. And I, you know, I'm hoping to, uh, meet them and, uh, maybe, uh, tell them that, uh, I'm one of the hosts of this podcast and we'll yeah. see what David, from there. David's a little nervous about, uh, letting that cat out of the bag. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't know. I, I, was, I think you guys do them such a justice. Oh, I do too. I do too. Oh, I think you guys are so, that's why I promote you. I tell everybody. <laughs> Go on Spotify. You don't have Apple Music. Go on Spotify. You got to listen to this podcast. It's so good. I think you guys do such such a service for them. I hope Thank they you. see it that way as well, because uh, we'd love to have them on. And um, I think we've been pretty fair up front. Like we're not trying to dig up dirt on people, you know. No. And uh, that's I've kind never of, seen it that way. That's and kind I of, always look for it. Well, that's kind of what we tell people. You know, there, we've had some people who have been a little skittish about possibly coming mm-hmm. on, and we're like. You know, hey, we're you know we're here to celebrate the music. We're not you now. If if they say something, we're not going to stop them, but we're not going to sit there and ask Chris right. and Rich about all the times they got in fist fights and stuff like that. So yeah, hopefully, you uh, go into some of those group places like on Facebook. They have those fan pages. Yeah, they are mean. They are very <laughs> mean. And I'm like, I don't see it that way. Oh, fan girl. I'm like. Okay, I'm like almost fifty. Calm down. Oh, uh, there's I'm some. Not a fan th- girl. There's some. There's some real characters on there. We've yeah, gotten okay. to know some of them that, that are on there like that, and actually, uh, most of the time they're being funny. Like when we had Hager on here, he couldn't have been. He couldn't. He's hysterical. He he oh, just he makes, was cool. Yeah, yeah, he he makes me laugh. He's he's a, like he's an original, but uh, he, he's yeah. great. We're gonna have him on again in the future. Ian, I told you she was gonna do a good job, didn't I? Oh, it's fantastic. This was great. Oh, I don't know. 
I don't know about all that. <laughs> all right, Kate, so we're going to put you on the spot here. We didn't ask you this beforehand. What do you want us to play out with? So I've, I listen to you guys religiously, and I thought that this question would come up, and it's been a debate in my family on what song I was going to pick, you know, because my daughter's all like the Black Crows. Mm-hmm. My grandson, who's 11, has on his Apple Music uh, Brothers of a Feather live at Roxy. Wow. He knows all the words. Oh, no, I make sure that this falls. <laughs> um, it was going to be Cold Boy Smile from Brothers of a Feather, but I don't think so. I think it's going to be Lay It All on Me from Lions. That is the mood I'm in today. Awesome. That's a great pick. And, hey, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we'll have you on in the future. Maybe you can come on and tell us about yes. your uh, meet and greet experience. My, my wife's an attorney. Maybe she can come get you out of jail. So. <laughs> I think someone might need to because I'm going to hurt that skinny little man. It was really nice meeting you, Ian. You, you I, as well. I tag you all the time on Facebook. I know you know. You know, I'm I know. Kind of a pest. Yes. But when no, I not find at all. Stuff I love it, and it and it promotes you guys, and it exposes you guys to people I know, and it's important to keep it alive. Oh no, and I greatly appreciate that, and I know David does too, and it really was a pleasure having you on with us. Thank All right, you guys. everybody. Big, thank you for the invite. Uh, a big, a big thank you to Kate Thompson and to play us out from Lions. Lay it all on me. Stay tall, everybody. So come on down, crooked man. Step on a broken man. It's okay to cry.
Come on, Dad. Yeah.